the Ordinary Church Podcast, a discussion of God's extraordinary works through His ordinary ways. My name is Winston Weber, and today we have quite the treat. Today our topic is expository preaching, and with me is the expositor extraordinaire, Pastor Mike Shera. How's it going, Mike? Going well. <laughs> you got me. I'm sorry, man. It's going well. Mike, it, it Winston. Is a, it is a pleasure to once again come together and talk about something that is so key to the life of a believer. In fact, it's also pretty cool for me personally because out of all the preaching that I've heard throughout my life, you are the one who I have heard the most. So it's it's kind of cool to pull back the curtain, as it were. So you're actually going to go with that intro that we did? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, me stumbling over. Hello, Winston. Yeah. Because you made me laugh. Yeah. Okay. I love you, buddy. Well, hello. Yes, I am (laughs) very excited about this topic today. I like to say, you've heard me say this many times, uh, you boil my life down. It's praying, preaching, and peopling. And so we get to talk about uh, one of the primary pursuits of my life, preaching the Word of God. Excellent. I'm, I'm super excited about that. So, Let's set our trajectory for today. I thought it would be helpful to talk about what we mean when we say preaching and expository preaching. And then let's talk about what we as Christians should be looking for so we understand what is not expository preaching. And then lastly, let's talk about some dangers associated with not preaching expositionally. Now, we're going to do this in two parts. Today, we're going to talk to you about you from your per, your perspective what the role of the preacher is when mm-hmm. he is presenting the text what we as congregants should be not just expecting but demanding of the preacher and then next week we're going to talk about how to listen to these sermons how to properly get the most out of these different sermons that we're hearing and how to come prepared on a sunday morning so let's start with a solid definition shall we what exactly when we say expository preaching What do we mean? What we mean with expository preaching is it's where we read, explain, and apply the Word of God. It is really that simple. We read it. We read the text. What does the text say? And then we explain it, and and then we apply it to the lives of those who hear. And so it's really the idea what Paul said to Timothy, uh, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture and to teaching and to exhortation. And so Steve Lawson put it this way, you instruct the mind, you ignite the heart, you invite the will. Expository, by the way, is an adjective to preaching. You explain the text, right? So you start with the text, you stay with the text. The main point of the text is the main point of the sermon. Uh, So you open up the meaning of the text, you give the authorial intent, you you don't have anything to say apart from the text. Uh, The starting point is scripture and you, you don't depart from it. Excellent. So your role as a preacher can be boiled down to reading the word, explaining the word, applying the word. Absolutely. Uh, Walt Kaiser put it this way. uh, You point at a text of scripture. And you keep pointing at that text of scripture. So you you create a sermon, right? Not a message, though. The message is already there in the word. You literally are like uncovering the message. You're exposing. You're exposing uh, the, the, the message that is already there in the word. You're not coming up with your own message. So there's one message. There's, there's many applications, but there's one 
interpretation of that message or that that passage and it's going to transcend the culture you're in the continents you're a part of the centuries that that it goes through any generations it's it's the divinely inspired word of god right what do i say every time i get up this is the inspired inerrant infallible word of god it's it's the only perfect part of the service it's authoritative everything is under scripture's authority and it's sufficient to accomplish everything god wants to do in us so preaching the word uh, you read it you explain it you apply it so when we're talking about expository preaching would you say that's the only way to preach or are there other forms of preaching that are not distinctly expositional preaching there are not other kinds of true preaching. Okay. Now, what I mean by that is a lot of what is called preaching nowadays is just someone giving their opinion, getting up in front of a group and giving their opinion and saying what they want to say or saying what people want to hear, right? Second Timothy 3 talks about that. People will make things difficult because they'll be lovers of self and lovers of money and they're going they're not lovers of God and they're going to want to hear. Second Timothy 4, they want to hear what they want to hear. People will, will want their, their ears tickled, right? They have itching ears. Just give, tell me what, what I want. Well, a lot of preaching nowadays just tells people what they want to hear. But I believe that the only type of true preaching is expositional preaching. Now, that doesn't mean you can't preach a, a topical sermon. But if I preach a topical sermon, it's expositional. Because again, go back to the, the point. It's reading the text, Planning. Explaining the text. Applying. Applying yeah. the text. And so do that in any kind of sermon. You're preaching a narrative. You're still going to read, explain, apply. Uh, you're doing a topical sermon on marriage. You're going to read, explain, and apply. And when I do a topical sermon, I always get anchored in one anchor text, mm-hmm. one foundational text. But you're going to go different places and, and see what the Bible says about that topic. But you're always going to be reading the word, explaining it in context, and then applying it to the lives of those who are hearing. Yeah, I remember Brian Zuniga always saying he could never do topical sermons because it's just far too much work. You have to go into each individual <laughs> text. And right, you have to we talked about that a lot. Yeah. Go, yeah, so we're not saying that you can't do topical preaching. We're saying that if you're going to do topical preaching, you need to expose the text. You need to exposit the text. Absolutely. And the problem is if those two do topical preaching all the time and they're like, hey, we do a six week series here, we're doing a four week series there. Most churches nowadays are doing that. Mm -hmm. The problem is preacher gets up on his hobby horse all the time. Like they get to pick all the things they want to speak about and they get to ignore the difficult passages or they get to ignore the difficult topics. Well, that's kind of what I wanted to ask you was why would you advocate for purely expositional preaching? And it's, it's that, right? It's that. And when I was in seminary back in the 1980s, when I was in seminary, I was told by one of my Bible exposition professors, I was a Bible exposition major. All I want to do is go verse by verse through the scriptures. And you know that I, I, I preach verse by verse, primarily through books of the Bible. It was because when I was in seminary, one of my professors said, this is how a congregation of people get to know the word. You're always pointing them back to the scriptures in context, authorial intent, a grammatical, historical, hermeneutic. What does it mean? What did God mean when he said this? And you take them systematically through and basically people get to know the word because they don't just hear it on Sundays. Now they're driven to do that kind of thing throughout the week. They're reading the Bible, not just 
in one verse, but in chunks. So it's practicing literally what you preach or what you heard. Absolutely. Preached. Absolutely. I don't like the past tense of preached. It should be prod, right? <laughs> I don't know. Okay. I have no idea. Either way. So what are some of the dangers and pitfalls of not, for you, not preaching expositionally? We, we can talk about for us on a Sunday morning, but what about you? What are the dangers for you as a preacher not preaching expositionally? Well, I would say this. First of all, I said it already, but you get on your hobby horse too easily. You're like, I just want to talk about this or I don't want to talk about that. So it would be very easy for me to get on my own agenda or even correct people in the church, right? No, you want to go with a passage of scripture that is driving what you're going to say and trusting that God knows what the people need from that passage of scripture. So if you don't do expositional preaching, you're going to avoid the topics that you don't want to deal with, and you're not going to teach the whole counsel of God. In fact, Acts chapter 20, Paul said that I did not shrink from teaching you anything that was profitable, right? I taught you the whole counsel of God. I didn't shrink from declaring to you what God had said. So it's a high calling to preach the word of God. Uh, those of us who teach are under a stricter judgment. And I just want you to know, listeners, that we are uh, planning an upcoming podcast on the topic of expositional listening. But next if there's week. no, right, in, and next week, and that might not be a phrase people are familiar with, right, Winston, but it's something very crucial to your growth in Christ, but it flows out of expositional preaching. You must have expositional preaching. So take me back, Mike, a little bit uh, behind the scenes for it a little bit. We talk about preaching. We have expository preaching. You're trying to teach from the text. But is there? would you say that there's a difference between teaching and preaching? We see those words a lot, and we kind of use them synonymously. But, I mean, some people think that preaching has to do with volume, you know, with <laughs> decibels, not with doctrine. Like, Ooh, how do you— I like how, that. I like turn a phrase. <laughs> so you are turning the you, phrases today. How would you define— Teaching and preaching. Okay, what's the difference between teaching and preaching? Great question. There is a difference between teaching and preaching, but let me just say this. Sometimes some of us, and I'll say it a lot too, uh, I'm preaching. And what I'm not saying is, well, when I'm teaching, I'm also preaching, or when I'm preaching, I'm also teaching. So oh, I'm going to go teach this class, and I'm going to go preach this sermon. I think you're always teaching and preaching. Now, you know when you're doing one and the other, though, okay? Even when you're, it's in the same sermon. Now, 1 Timothy 5.17 is a key passage for us on this. Let the elders who rule well be considered worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in preaching and teaching. So the Bible delineates those two things. There's preaching, there's proclaiming, and there's teaching explaining. And, and that's it right there. Teaching is where you explain the meaning Preaching is where you drive it home. Uh, you bring it to bear upon your hearers. So preaching is is passionate. That doesn't mean teaching can't be passionate, but preaching is where you're getting, you're getting fired up about it, right? John Murray said, if there is no passion, there is no preaching. Mm. So there's an indispensable difference between teaching and preaching. It's when you shift into another gear. I see. Okay. So if I were to think of it this way, if I was just purely preaching with no teaching, it would be kind of a baseless motivational sermon because I, I might feel really good at the end of it, but it's not – I don't know anything I didn't know before. Is that sort I'm of not, – No, not exactly. I would say that you could be teaching – uh, passionately, when you shift into that other gear and you rise to a higher level of fervency for preaching, you're proclaiming. So when you're explaining something, you might do it with a lot of passion and intensity. But I would say that if you're all one volume the entire time, 
people, you tire people out. I, I've listened to some of my older sermons and I'm like, dude, slow down and calm down. <laughs> and I'm, I'm trying to learn even now after preaching for so long, I'm trying to learn, okay, slow it down, let people's minds catch up. And, and there's volumes, you know, and when you're really intense about a point that you're driving home, that's different than when you first explained the idea. So one of our listeners actually wrote in and asked, what is the importance of not being a topically styled church? Well, I'll go back to what I said before. You're not going to get up on your hobby horses. You're not going to ignore the things you don't want to deal with. Basically, when you do expository preaching, you have to take what's next. And so the pitfall for a church, if they're topically driven, it's going to be missing something. You're not going to have the whole counsel of God. And so... Let's just say that I decide that I'm going to preach the book of Acts from here on out. I'm only going to preach the book of Acts. Now, that probably wouldn't be a great idea. But let's just say you did that. You could still preach the whole counsel of God because you could bring in all the other scriptures, right? But you wouldn't be doing it topically. You wouldn't be saying, we're going to talk about church growth or we're going to talk about life in the body of Christ. And what happens with all these topical teachings, they can be very good. They're, they just come up short. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think I get what you're saying. They, they come up short and they leave you wanting for the full counsel of God. Now, a systematic theology book is a really good topical treatment of all the doctrines in the Bible. That is indispensable. So you need to have times when you address a topic, but you can also address topics as you're going verse by verse. So I'm I'm really very, very committed to expositional verse by verse preaching, even when it's topical. Sure. I mean, we've done the solos before. Right. We've done, we've done our, what we value at Grace. So it's Absolutely. not as though we've never done topical preaching before. It's that when we do it, it has to be rooted and grounded in scripture and is not forever replacing that verse by verse expositional preaching. Absolutely. And uh, some of my preaching friends, they'll laugh at me sometimes. They'll say, you did 153, you know, sermons in Matthew or whatever you did. Uh, wow. You know, I did 15 or whatever. And I, and I feel sorry for their church. I'm like, well, you, they didn't get the whole counsel of God on that. They didn't get the whole breadth of scripture. You didn't take enough time on it. And, you know, I don't tell them that. I, I usually just think that. And I, I love my brothers in Christ. But I do think that that Expositional preaching has has um, has gone out of vogue. Mm. I know that some people are rediscovering expository preaching. The problem is if they don't know how to handle scripture accurately, that could be dangerous. Okay, mm. uh, you, <laughs> I'm just saying it, it could be dangerous. But you don't want to go off the reservation, and the danger is that you you ignore what God is saying in His Word, and you want to make sure that that you're you're just anchored to it. So tell me a little bit about your process when you're getting ready for a Sunday morning. What does that even look like? Well, I usually start over a week ahead of time. So when I'm preparing to preach this week on Romans chapter 10, verse four, I'm already preparing for Romans 10, five through seven as well. Now I haven't done this historically all the time. I've started this when I was preaching through Romans. So I've done what, 62 sermons in Romans. So I've been doing this for that many weeks. 
here's what it looks like. I'm praying. I'm always praying. You got to be bathed in prayer and you got to be saying, Lord, what do you want your people to have? Now we're in this passage. Uh, you're doing word studies. You're doing exegetical work. You're, you're digging deep earlier in the week. Usually Sunday night after my home group, I sit down and then Mondays I'll do it a little bit as well. And you start looking at the text more intently and you look at the parts, you start seeing themes, you start seeing words you want to study. You see syntax, you see grammar, you see all sorts of things. And you just kind of almost, you deconstruct it really. Okay. And you start reading it. I I just read it over and over and over and over again. And what I'll do is I'll keep reading through the book of Romans, listening through the book of Romans uh, to keep on getting the context. And then what I'm doing is I'm basically looking for some sort of outline. I'm looking for the main point, right? And, And these things are going through the week and I don't follow this, you know, structured thing where, okay, right now it's on Tuesday. So I have to be doing this part of my sermon. When you've been preaching long enough, you just learn the way you do it. So you do your exegetical work first. I try not to look at commentaries right away. Look at at the the actual Bible words. Look at the Greek. Look at the Hebrew. And then start, and you're praying all the way through. And then an outline starts to emerge after you get your main point. And you go, okay, so here's some progressions in this argument. And if it's a narrative, it's going to be different. You're telling a story, right? Or if it's a parable, it's different. But when you're going through, let's say, the book of Romans, and you're going through uh, epistles in the New Testament— it's in order and you're going to be taking things in order. And so what's, what's the way I can communicate this? Uh, I'm not thinking about stories yet. I used to have, uh, I had a friend once that he would build a whole sermon around a story mm. and I'm like, no, 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 it's gotta be built around the text. What's the point of the text? What's the point of the sermon? And I'm always bringing myself back to that. And of course, throughout the week, I'm thinking, how is this affecting me? If I'm not living it, how can I be preaching it? Now you mentioned commentaries. Talk to me about like, the guys you go to to dive into the text a little bit more, to explain the text a little bit more, who are your resources that you go to? Well, it depends on what book of the Bible you're preaching. But like right now, uh, my best friends are Thomas Schreiner. Martin Lloyd-Jones has helped me a lot. Charles Hodge has helped me a lot. And I'm just going through Thielman. He has, he actually has, I, when I started preaching through Romans, he hadn't come out with his Romans commentary. And I think I was in Romans 7 when Thielman's new commentary came out on Romans. And it's excellent. And so I've been using that. But like the first part of that book is like unused. I got I what I do with my commentaries. is I use them as journals. I write all over them. So if anybody gets my books someday, they're going to be like, wow, this guy, this guy wrote a lot in his commentaries. If I don't agree with the commentator, I will Make a note. I've called commentators up before and said, what did you mean about this? Thomas Schreiner was amazing. I called him up with this because I came to a point in Romans 6 when I'm like, I'm not sure if I agree with him on this. So I called him up at his seminary that he teaches at. And I'm like, what did you mean by this? And he was so gracious. And he explained some things to me. And it was really a fun you know, phone call. Uh, but I try to find one, two, three primary anchor commentaries I use as I preach through a book. It used to be one and now two or three, and they become my really good friends. And then I've got probably five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten other commentaries on my shelf that I do consult, but I have my primary ones that are really solid. So one of my seminary professors, James Roscup, wrote a book called uh, Commentaries for Biblical Expositors. And it's a little out of date now, but it's very rich in the older commentaries and in terms of uh, devotional commentaries, sermonic commentaries and exegetical commentaries. And I, I consult him. I ask around. 
And uh, you want to have some really good, really good input. Because here's the thing, if I'm coming up with things that no one else has ever said, I'm probably wrong. Well, thank you so much for uh, sharing that with us, Mike. I've really appreciated all that you've done for us. We we really appreciate your preaching. We really appreciate all the hard work that you pour into what you do on a weekly basis. Um, and that's going to do it for us on Ordinary Church this week. If you want to get a hold of us and ask a question or suggest a topic, go ahead and email us at ordinarychurch at gmail.com. If you do, there's a good chance that your question either becomes part of one of our episodes or actually sparks an entire discussion like what we had today, which came from an email. Thank you so much, and we hope you will join us next time as we remain faithful, even in the ordinary. Have a good one.